This is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. CJ Watson and the mothers of desperation discuss ongoing work behind the scenes of their sketch comedy channels and the upcoming web series, The Bunny Rabbit Tragedies. Bunny rabbits and vampires and onions living together? Oh my. Check out what these desperate mother are up to this week. So that was our latest Fiverr gig for the Desperate Mothers podcast. I'm CJ Watson. And I'm Jack Fisher. And what do you think, Jack? Uh, that was pretty spectacular. It was very doo-woppy, very acapella doo-wop. Um, not, you know, not barbershop quartet. Uh, definitely not. But uh, very oh, acapella doo-wop. I mean, <laughs> there's no other way. You can't get more meaty than that, I guess. I mean, it wasn't like Miami Sound Machine kind of thing, but doo-wop, acapella. I think uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy would be... Yeah, that uh, definitely comes to mind. Who was that? Freddie? No, it wasn't Freddie. You're going to make me uh, look this up, aren't you? Dude, we can't get five seconds into the show without hitting the... the (laughs) (laughs) We're old. Our brains don't work anymore. Well, I, I don't think it's just us. I, I think that uh, humans, and especially Americans, have gotten to the point where you know we can't do anything without our smartphones and without our tablets. I wouldn't even remember my own phone number if I didn't have a smartphone. And, you know, it's uh, the name of the artist we were looking for there is Bobby McFerrin. Ah, I knew Freddie <clears throat> was in there somewhere. Only not quite. <laughs> Farron, Freddy, so close. There was an F and an R, so we'll give you give you points for uh, percentage of complete word. And there. the short E for the I, the short I sound. E, Freddy. Yeah. Farron. Stretching it a little, a little bit, little but bit, uh, little bit. I think that's our specialty is stretching it a little bit. It's true. Well, other than drinking beer and you know. You can't see that on the radio, so. Yeah, it doesn't make for uh, good listening if you just hear us pour a pint and drink it and go. Mm. Yeah, that that's definitely um, subject for video. Right. Actually, there's that that's going to be a new uh, uh, video podcast, um, and there's not going to be any words at all. It's just going to be us sitting around, opening up beers, drinking them. We'll be close close up on the face, so that way you know first first uh, first taste sip as it permeates the tongue. So you get that close up. I'm thinking maybe drink this. Yes, yes, or um, in parentheses until we vomit. <laughs> <laughs> vomit podcast. <laughs> Watch these guys drink till they throw up. Well, do they do anything? Do they have adventures? No, they sit there. That's not very good. But they have shiatsu chairs to make them queasy. Mm. Shiatsu. I kind of wish I had one right now. It's not that I want to throw up, but that, you know, I'd have a chair that's more comfortable <laughs> than what I'm sitting in. Could use a could use a good massaging chair. Like those uh Right around Christmas time, you see all these uh, the gifts, and, and Christmas time is rolling up. And, and, and don't do this, because it looks like a thoughtful gift, but it's really not. It's those heating, warming, massaging seat pads that you put in your car. 
you don't want a heating, warming, mas- you know, the, the warm, massaging heat pad in your car when you're driving because <laughs> then you're going to get extra comfortable and you're going to fall asleep and you're going to have an accident and then everything's not going to be f- pleasant. And- at, at the very least, you should probably check whether the potential recipient of the gift has sleep apnea and is prone to falling asleep while he's driving. Well, I don't think you need to be prone to falling asleep while you're driving to actually fall asleep while you're getting a warm, comfy massage. I think you would be inhuman not to fall asleep. (laughs) So I guess if you don't like somebody, you can get them a heating, massaging car pad. But, uh... you know, if you combine that with like, um, you know, a DVD of relaxing, soothing seascape sounds and the massaging heating pad for while you're driving, you know, that, that could be an effective strategy to... And get rid of that, you know, brother-in-law that you never really liked, or smarmy coworker, uh, spouse, whatever. You know, I guess then you could really kill somebody with kindness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you throw in some uh, some relaxing scents, air freshener, and man, you got a perfect recipe there. You could probably go to jail for life. If they brought that up in court, they'd say, well, he gave it to him as a present. Is this the murder weapon? Yes, it's a heating, massaging chair for his car, chair pad for his car. Relaxing CD of uh, natural sounds and running water and uh, a, an aromatherapy air freshener, like uh, chamomile tea scented or something. Chamomile lavender. Yeah. Yes, yes. No jury in the world will let you walk off if you gave that to somebody and they died in a car accident. Somehow we got to this from uh, the doo <laughs> intro. <laughs> and I thought we were supposed to be pimping Fiverr here, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not paying me yet. <laughs> so far, I'm buying all of this from Fiverr. <laughs> I'm big pimping on Fiverr. <laughs> No, this doo-wop part, this doo-wop piece, that was, uh, it's really interesting. I, I, I had a great time ordering it, talking to the, the professional doing his name, Talented Pro. So if you want that, you can just uh, search Talented Pro at Fiverr.com, Fiverr with two R's, and uh, he'll hook you up. It was really cool. Um, I had to write the lyrics, but he'll write them for you if you like want to pay him extra. I think I spent um, seven to ten seconds on them. Yeah. Probably that, sounds like it. It's not in the least bit evident. Don't <laughs> Sounds like you spent two or three minutes on yeah, them. At least. You know, that's, uh, if not a solid five. Yeah, that's some pro quality work there. Now, so he took those lyrics and... Uh, and uh, fleshed them out like that. It was it was it was really good. It was um, definitely worth the five dollars. Man, this is this is like feel like a capitalist industrialist. Feel like feel like Rupert Murdoch for five dollars. Now, can you can you limit your your searches to um, certain areas of the world as far as who's responding? I mean. You know, if you want to make sure that your good capitalistic $5 investment goes to a hardworking American or. People usually tell you, uh, it usually tells you on the profile what region they're from. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be. Like, or if you want, you know, real quality work, you can go with somebody from the Baltics or. Yeah, yeah. If you want to like a, make a make a mobile application for only $5, then you hit someone from Russia or uh, Indonesia. So you, you could do that. You have to, you know, worry about what sort of back doors they put into it. But uh... well, they usually charge you extra for that. <laughs> not the not, not the back doors, but the, the information that they're in there. So, and then Adam Thompson. You you might not remember Adam Thompson, but he was. He was with us in the first episode. Adam. Um, the name sounds familiar. Yeah. He, uh, he had the idea did, that... Did he have a beard? 
Yeah, most people have beards. Okay, yeah, that's don't true. Don't they? Um, <laughs> I don't want to know anyone that doesn't have a beard. <laughs> so what is Adam doing? Uh, Adam is away right now. He's, he's been studying for his uh, certifications. He's in school. Yeah. But he had an idea that <clears throat> it would be really interesting to take the lyrics from J-Moon's rap give them to other Fiverr artists and have them there, do their interpretation of J-Moon's song. You remember the rap from a yeah. few episodes ago? Yeah. I thought that would be interesting because there's a folk singer on Fiverr. It does like a Dylan-style songs. Take the same song, get a Dylan-style. Uh, I like it. And then uh, like maybe hit Talented Pro again in a few weeks and have him do another doo-wop with new lyrics and see if it doesn't come back sounding exactly the same with different lyrics. <laughs> that would be interesting. Because <laughs> right now right now it's probably uh, 75 people with the exact same song with different lyrics. <laughs> Not that that would be bad because apparently none of us talk about it. Yeah, I mean, um, it'd be interesting to hear the uh, introduction done in the style of heavy metal and, you know, maybe a little prog rock. And Yeah, there's there's some uh, interesting artists on there. There's ukulele players. Punch it up with some punk rock or... Some, some modern screamo. Yeah, a little uh, in... Uh, in the flavor of butthole surfers or or slayer slayer it's yeah. a good cookie monster vocals in there they're the desperate mothers <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god is he having an attack <laughs> so yeah i think that's what's gonna happen because I'm, I'm really happy with the the standard promo introduction um the really cool slick radio one so we're going to run that all the time until we get something better or until we decide we need to change the, the wording somewhat or if we get more regulars. But uh, we'll probably get uh, end, end music to match and maybe something in the middle. You know, more bumpers from that guy because uh, that's really good. You, you heard it at the very beginning of the show. So the big thing we have coming up um, at the end of the month What are we asking? I said it's not moving. That's a clock, not a timer. Oh. <laughs> oh, it moved. We we started at three thirty. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. The big thing we have coming up at the end of the month, kamikaze. Kamikaze. It's a self-imposed deadline. It is. They don't know we're coming, and uh, if they're lucky, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking October 31st. Halloween. Yeah. Um, the true Christmas for for those of us that are twisted and evil at heart. Well, for those of us that worship um, the flying purple sp spaghetti monster or the great Lord Cthulhu, it is our our holiday season. Just a, just a good pagan at heart. Absolutely. Uh, druids, druids, they used to run around naked anyway, right? And, you know, who doesn't love, um, a naturalist? Somebody... Communists, communists don't love naturalists. That's true. It's just another reason I hate communism. ISIS probably doesn't love communism, mm. or don't love naturalists. I, I don't think ISIS loves anything uh, other than, you know, power and fear and stuff. Sand, apparently they like sand a mm. whole lot. Yeah. Because they're going for all the countries with sand. I would head north to where, like, the countries were more hospitable. Well, you know, Turkey is uh, looking pretty ripe right now, so. Yeah, and they are uh, actually uh, headed that way, so. Yeah, they're barking at the door. Yeah. Well, maybe once they find some uh, hospital area, they'll they'll take on a, a nicer disposition and then. Start reading comic books and going to see you, fun movies. You think they're so evil just because they're in like a, a shitty 
geographical location. It's the desert. It's like 140 degrees. We live and in there's the no desert. Shade. We're not all evil here. We don't. We don't go around beheading people just because they don't like us or agree with us. No. But some days when it gets really hot, I might not be that far away. Mm. Well, mainly with me, it happens when I'm driving to work or home from work. Road raging. Yeah. Maybe that's the true California uh, religious violence. Because it's practically a religion, your relationship with your car in this state. Yeah, it's, um, you know, when the average commute is 50 miles one way, um, and you're spending two or three hours in the car every day. That's... And all these infidels cutting you off, defiling your temple. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're lucky you don't go jihad on them every day. But getting back to Kamikaze. <laughs> that should be quite a trip, too. <laughs> Got to go through downtown L.A.? Well, just a little bit. But. Well, fortunately, well, fortunately, hopefully it's going to be, you know, middle of the day instead of uh, drive time. So, Yeah, that would be good. It Otherwise, it sh- shouldn't uh, be too bad. And then Saturday's the morning. If you end up driving there and back and there and back again Saturday morning, there's not going to be much traffic. Yeah. The, the current plan, though, is uh, check into a hotel Friday night, um, hit Kamikaze, check out the fun. See who's all set up. See who's going to be there on the Saturday. And I think they actually have uh, some interesting activities planned for Friday night. Yeah? Like? No, don't pin me down on specifics. That would... Require that I like open up a web page and look or something. We can speculate. We could just like imagine kamikaze activities. Oh uh, well, I think there's going to be representatives from uh, uh, Top Cow Comics there that are going to be describing their uh, their new line of uh, of graphic novels uh, Friday night. Uh, totally pulled that out of my ass. So hopefully no one actually Jax? thinks that that's happening. <clears throat> well, people would actually have to listen. <clears throat> Yeah, that's that's true. It's hard to mislead uh, oh, nobody. somebody that doesn't when you're, exist. When you're talking to yourself, it's really difficult to be proven wrong. Oh, no, I have misled myself on many occasions. <laughs> so uh, I don't doubt my ability to, um, to mislead nobody. I don't think of it as misleading myself so much as telling myself interesting stories I wish were true. And as we know, sometimes when you wish hard enough, you start to believe it. Yeah, like most religions. <laughs> <laughs> so in theory, uh, kamikaze is centered around comic books and graphic novels. Well, kamikaze was. Yes. Stan Lee's kamikaze is branching out. Stanley, yeah, it's, it's, it's very pop culture. It's expanding now. more into the pop culture. Because that's what draws the people I ex- in. You know, to tell you the truth, I'm really hoping that I can find some good Top Cow comics down there. Because the stores around Lancaster evidently uh, do not carry them. Or do not carry the ones that I want. Uh, I want the... I want the new Tales of Honor series, mm-hmm. um, and I have not been able to find it any new store in the Valley so far. Doesn't that hurt so I, much? I can order it off of Amazon, mm-hmm. but you know, I want to support a brick-and-mortar establishment. I want to walk in, hand them money, and say thank you for the product. They've got to want to be... They've got to want to satisfy their customer base. They do. and And that's really hard because... You have to order comics months in advance. That's why most comic stores push the pull list. You know, give us your pull list. Give us your pull list. But it's so hard to come up with a a pull list two months ahead of time because you don't know what you're going to want then. If it's not something you're currently reading, if it's something you want to, like, get into, if they don't buy extras, you're kind of SOL. Do you you have any pull lists going anywhere? I do not. Um, Right now, the... um, 
the top cow tales of honor is uh, the title that I'm in hot pursuit of. And, um, I recently acquired, um, the new, uh, graphic novel version of, uh, Michael Moorcock's, uh, Elric volume one, the Ruby throne. It's a graphic novel interpretation of the Elric of Melbourne, um, story that many of our listeners, including the two of us in this room now might remember, from our teenage years. From our teenage years. and Back when we read comics rather than Touched Girls. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fantasy novel are you reading? You're reading Conan? No, Conan's too popular. I'm reading Elric. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's definitely a little... Uh, the, the Elric novels hinted at a sort of decadence and... Um, hinted at a sort of uh, uh, sexualism in the culture of the uh, Melnabonians. Um, but the, the graphic novel sort of embellishes that and, and takes it a step further. They, um, you know, it's nothing more than you'd find in... Uh, 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 heavy metal graphic novel or anything, but, um, good, uh, good color work on it. Good, uh, good pencil work on it. And it's, um, it's approved by, uh, Michael Moorcock. Of course, uh, I don't know what sort of financial situation, uh, Michael's in these days, so... Uh, so you don't know if he's approved it because it's really high quality or because he needs to pay the rent. They, you know, he wrote a nice introduction for it, so... Like, and, I'm very happy to be able to pay the rent. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm happy you could pay the rent, too. We're going to strike that part. Is that okay, or Michael? Is that okay? Like, please do. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know him personally. Uh, it's uh, the the one that I picked up was this nice hardcover format. Um, so it had a nice glossy cover and back um, with a uh, rigid hardcover. And the, uh, the interior is beautifully illustrated, nice forward. I'm pretty happy with it. Another volume coming out in the near future. Um, somehow I managed to pick mine up for like five dollars, uh, including shipping and handling. Um, so do these are are these the kind of graphic novels that compile like six floppies together into one? Or no, this is uh, um, this is just a single uh, edition, um, single uh, comic style edition. How many and pages? I'm guessing 30 pages. Okay, okay. Uh, well, you said graphic novel, so I'm thinking perfect bound, square bound. Is it, it saddle stitched? No. It's not stapled? No. It's glued? I think. Squared? Maybe. It might be saddle stitched. Saddle stitch means it's stitched together with staples. Uh, oh, let's see here. It says uh, 64 pages. Okay. Okay, that should give it enough meat to be uh, glued glued and square bound. Yeah. Uh, Publisher's Titan Comics. It was released September 16th, so um, it's definitely new. Volume 2 is scheduled for release next year in April. But I, I loved the uh, the Elric novels, Stormbringer, uh, Sailor on the Seas of Fate. Mm -hmm. um, those are some uh, some great stories. I've I've always wanted to see Elric brought to the big screen. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if if it's 
too edgy, too um, too sexualized. Because um, there's always um, this air of decadence and debauchery that's associated with uh, with the Melnabonians. Um, they, but you'd think with you know the productions of Rome and Spartacus and. Um, well, yeah, if you can have Showtime showing uh, gladiators with their uh, swords dangling out for all to see in every episode, that you can now safely at least make an Elric cable series. Maybe those are breaking ground. In... They need to exist before Elric can yes. exist? That They have to, to chisel away the inhibitions of... Uh, uptight consumers before we can... They have to break through the walls of uh, American puritism with their penises (laughs) (laughs) before Elric can exist in the way it should. So I I thank you, Showtime and HBO and For uh, for the full frontal male nudity, because apparently the most offensive thing in the American culture is the penis. <laughs> yeah, Jack's, we, got <laughs> Jack's got nothing. I just don't know how to come back for that. Uh. <laughs> I don't understand it either. Because if you ask me on my list of ten, my top ten favorite things that actually exist in the universe, my penis is going to be in the top ten. Yes, uh, I'm very fond of my penis. Um. <laughs> Showtime's obviously fond of penises. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't have any moral objection to other people's penises. Uh, I, I occasionally, you know, am not appalled by seeing one. Um, well, right. And I think it's just because uh, you like yours so much. You understand why someone else would like yeah, theirs yeah, so much. I, I, I can, I can handle it. Um, you know, there was a time in my past where you know, full frontal male nudity would have uh, sent me screaming for the uh, counselor's office and the young Republicans. uh, But you probably would have been fine with a great pair of breasts exposed for all to see. Yes, well, that's just uh, good (laughs) all-American fun there. Right, right. Yeah, but the penis, that's a no-no. And that's the deal with uh, that's the deal with uh, American culture, anyway. I mean, sex is bad, violence is good. We wonder why the kids are out there committing violence and not having sex like they should be. Not the kid kids, but the eighteen to twenty one year olds that we the, call kids. The world would be better with more sex and less violence. Absolutely. And they've been saying that for generations. If make love, not war. Yeah. And, and and so far, you think it would be a bandwagon people can get on. <laughs> I'm definitely ready to jump on that. But uh, now the White House does not have a love room, but it does have a war room. The White House needs to have <laughs> sounding like a like a hippie here, but the White House should have a love room. <laughs> right next to the flower room. <laughs> This is how we solve our problems. <laughs> President Obama, take the take the world leaders together and go into the love room. <laughs> we're we're a don't ask, don't tell society now. It, it, it's a no judgment room. It's a uh, a be yourself room. It's you know if if Putin wants to take off his shirt and that's what makes him feel good, that's okay. Putin probably needs a love room more than anybody else. Putin definitely needs a love room. Um, if there is a world leader that uh, that needs a love room, that is definitely uh, definitely one of them. So yeah, so we should we should petition the president to at least if he's not going to dismantle a war room, at least make a love room. It would be filled with pillows and soothing sounds. 
Well, going back to the uh, the soothing sounds and maybe the massage. That's a good place for the massage chairs with the heaters. Yes, yes. You know. It, that would definitely get help get the love on in the love room. Yeah, yeah. Get some uh, some beads on the door, some good music. Um, some incense. Incense. Get that patchouli going. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think Washington, D.C. is a, a pot-friendly uh, place yet. Well, I mean, I think that's some of the ground-breaking sort of uh, uh, legislation that you meet, need in order to truly make the love room effective. Right. There, there would be no war if all of our leaders just got together and loved each other. <laughs> and smoked a little doobage. Well, it's almost required. <laughs> I have a hard time with some of these people breaking those walls down without uh, chemical uh, help, yep. assistance. So call it a diplomatic lubricant. <laughs> There'll be other kinds of lubricant, but this is the first kind we need. <laughs> and then you'll start electing more black politicians and world leaders because you want your president to be loving any harder than all the other presidents. <laughs> well, it definitely paved the way for the, uh, you know, the first Hispanic president. And oh, because you get that suave, romantic uh, Spanish accent that the girls all go for. And then, you know, maybe Sarah Palin would have a chance. Oh, uh, well, if presidents were elected based on hotness, yes. Well, yeah, I don't know about hotness, but the 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 doable factor would... She was a beauty pageant winner. Yeah. So it's not like her hotness <clears throat> is debatable. Whether she does it for you is one thing, and it might turn you <laughs> off that she's a Republican. But... <clears throat> For me, it's she's a Republican. On the other hand, she's dumb, and there's Republican that's just not so hot and dumb, which is really hot. So she's pretty and dumb. It works for me. That uh, that does counterbalance a lot of negativity. Because, you know, maybe all of the stuff she's spouting is not coming from a place of hate. It's coming from a place of ignorance. So you can give her the benefit of the doubt. She's the pretty stupid girl. That you let get away with anything. So much so that they made her the governor. <laughs> and, you know, she can wave to Putin from her... Uh... Yeah, Putin would probably be all up in that love room if she were president. <laughs> president Palin, you have another visitor for in the love room. <laughs> oh my God, I'm getting wore out over here. <laughs> Everybody signing peace treaties over everything. This this has potential. I I think we need to um, to start a new political party here in the United States. The Love Party. The Love Party. We we have the Green Party. We have the stupid fucking idiot party. I mean Tea Party. Um, <laughs> we have. The Republicans, I've lost my way party, and... You know, I I've, I kind of feel betrayed by the Green Party, because they're not what I thought they were going to be. Definitely. I thought they were going to be... Okay, the obvious joke aside, I thought they were going to be the Herbal Life Party. You know, I thought they were going to be the, like, let's light one up Green Party. And then, okay, they're really not that. So are they going to be, like, we're the party... That's going to be, let's do what's good for the planet. We're the party of the conservationists. We're the party of the, let's save the planet. Let's look at future generations. But they really seem to be the scary, let's like uh, do away with all national borders party. You elect someone from the Green Party here, he's probably going to like a, a secret underground Green Party meeting in uh, India. You know, Green Party seems to be less about uh, conservation and more about uh, obscuring international boundaries. Because unless I, I'm misinterpreting how I see the Green Party and its worldwide <coughs> effect. <coughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm 
my knowledge of the Green Party is uh, next to nothing. I couldn't tell you what any of their any of their platform referred to. I really couldn't tell you much about a candidate. But it's kind of don't you think it's kind of strange to have a a party that exists in almost every country that has a, a democratic slant? Kind of like a cabal conspiracy party. Yeah. So, you know, if I were the Illuminati, I would say, how do we get out and actually get control? Well, let's start a group and we'll tell everybody their purpose is to save the planet. And we'll get the the tree huggers first because they don't really research anything. Because <laughs> they're mostly smoking pot and hugging trees. And then we'll we'll get a little um, a groundbreaking movement there. We'll start from the ground up, and then then when they get a foothold, if they get a foothold, if they don't give a foothold, we cut them loose and leave them in the wind. You know, because we're the Illuminati. We don't care about anybody we use. But if they do gain a foothold, we can then coerce big business into falling in line with the Green Party's altruistic. Uh, intentions and plans and then we'll have them then we'll have industry in every country if i were the illuminati that's what i would do it's an interesting theory but so far business hasn't demonstrated its willingness to be coerced by anybody other than the shareholder right yeah i guess the green party should have been the green back party Yes, greenback, um, buy up shares in the companies you want to control, and they should have, yeah, they should have spent a lot of time, uh, a lot less time hugging trees, <clears throat> and a lot more time cutting them down to gate to to make money so they can buy stocks in companies, influence them that way. So speaking of conspiracies. I want to talk about the Lay's potato chip conspiracy. Oh, oh, we have some of those right in front of us, too. Yes, we do. And we, these these are some of the ultra-rare Lay's kettle-cooked wasabi ginger. See, Lay's had this advertising campaign where they wanted uh, consumers to pick the next flavor. I think it was called Lay's Do Us a Flavor. Something like that. Like, do us a favor, do us a flavor. But when you go into the grocery store, what do you find? Cappuccino. There, There's like two flavors that I've, you find in the grocery store. I've only seen cappuccino. Uh, well, I've seen cappuccino and uh, something you, tomato. I don't know. Nope, that's not a no? flavor. That's not one of them. Look on the back. Oh, goodness. You're going to make me read here. Um well, we've seen the goodness. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen any of these in, in the wild. Um, I did buy that package the, of cappuccino the other time we were out. We've got the the bacon mac and cheese. Has anybody seen that in the wild? No. Um, and then the wavy mango salsa. Mango salsa. So, so the four flavors, we've got... The the kettle cooked wasabi ginger. If you notice, each one is almost like a different type. The cappuccino is the Lay's regular. Mm-hmm. Um, the mango salsa is regular. It's a wavy. Yeah. It's a wavy. Mango salsa is wavy. And the bacon mac is regular. Can't tell. Bacon mac and cheese is a regular chip as well. So we got one wavy chip, which is the mango salsa, one uh, kettle chip, which is the wasabi ginger, and the other two are regular chips, the cappuccino and the, <clears throat> the cappuccino. So the, the, the question cheese. is, how do you vote for something if you can't find it? Well, if, around this area, all I found is cappuccino. And that's, you know, I've been in many stores myself, and that's all I've ever seen is the cappuccino. Well, this last week, I've taken my lunch to go look, and I've searched through like 14 grocery stores, and all they've had, if they've had anything, was the cappuccino. And 
I've tasted the cappuccino. Most people that I've known that have tasted it have agreed they don't like it. Right. It, it, it's a it's a artificially sweetened cinnamon sugar taste. So I guess there's cappuccino in there somewhere. I liked it after a while, but I'm disgusting and I like disgusting things. True that. So <clears throat> I went out, like I said, on my lunch to go get these chips. And I've searched every store that I within driving distance, and except for the couple that I enlisted Adam to check by his place because he lives on the opposite side of town. And he came up empty. I came up empty. When Sarah's been down below and gone into stores, she's come up empty. All we find is cappuccino if we find anything. So I had to hit Amazon for these chips. You bought potato chips off of Amazon. I bought four bags of potato chips for $17 and change. Did you at least get all four flavors? No. You got one flavor. I did, because I, I anticipate liking this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Plus, I didn't want to spend that kind of money for cappuccino, which I've bought <laughs> twice already. And then get one of these, and then get the bacon. The, I, I'm probably going to have to buy the others on, on Amazon as well, because I'm never going to be able to try those if I don't. And evidently, this is important enough to you that you're willing to go to 17 different stores on your lunch hour. Yes. That's, that's a that. level of dedication that most American consumers are not going to exhibit. So that this brings us back to the question, what, who is manipulating the Lay's Do Us a Flavor competition, um, and well, what outcome are they seeking? Well, you, I think you have to look at the name on the chip. It's obviously not Mineko Spigner Macbeth. Because I had to special order these chips. So she's probably out of luck. I'm thinking Maneko might be a she. But we could try these chips. I, and that's going to lead me to a, a whole other um, idea. Now, you've had kettle chips before. Absolutely. And you know kettle chips are crunchier than regular mm -hmm. chips. So I'm going to take a few chips here to try so we don't, you don't have to listen to the bad crinkle <laughs> all over. Oh, look, there's a picture of Maneko on the back. And it's got to be a made-up name, because that's a blonde girl. Yeah. You hear me crunching? That's got to be pleasant in your ear. <laughs> that's pretty mild. Mm. I had one chip. It was pretty mild. Mm. It's got a, a more, hint of wasabi there. More ginger than wasabi. Yeah. Second chip in, more wasabi on the tongue, more. It, it's it's not a dollop of wasabi on your fingertip sort of taste. It's, uh, it's like you set your food down in something that used to have wasabi on it. Yeah, it's very light. It's aromatic, though. As you chew, the gingery, the ginger aromas permeate your nostrils i'm definitely digging it you know because they say that uh our tongue tastes only five or six different real tastes and our nose does the rest of that right well my normal go-to flavor for potato chips is the salt and vinegar Salt and vinegar is so good. It's so pungent. If ever a chip deserved the word pungent, it's salt and vinegar. And I love that. And it just permeates. It attacks your tongue like an aggressive semen. <laughs> just back from like two months at sea. Mm. Yes. Uh, that came out a little more gay than I anticipated. <laughs> The, the salt and vinegar are are actually my favorite potato chips, and I don't buy those because I cannot mm. leave them alone. These are good. These are incredibly mild, um, and just about right for uh, 
for the ginger on it. You know, because ginger could be hot and unpleasant. And I would not call these unpleasant in any way. Well, possibly in my old age, my uh, my taste buds just are not as uh, capable as they used to be because I I tend to prefer more intense flavors. I don't know about that. I mean, there's a lot that I read that say as you grow, your taste buds grow. They get more sophisticated. When you're a kid, you don't like a lot of things because your taste buds are like all exposed and raw and uh, assaulted by strong taste. And as you get older, you start appreciating the different levels and complexity and taste that you can't appreciate when you're young. That's why kids don't like like crazy gourmet foods that adults like. It's not because there's something wrong with the kids, but they've got little baby tongues that are like untrained. Or it could be that the older you get, you're just so worn out that you need more stimulation, you know. Well, I, I could see that, and, and I can get the obvious references, and there's a lot of jokes in there. But, <laughs> but you know, you're Which not... Which I a, have thoughtfully set you up for. You're not a smoker, so it's not like you, you've coated your tongue with decades of tar, and... Uh, I, I know you're a pretty decent looking guy, but I don't know how many women you've been with or how wore out your tongue really is. <laughs> I guess we can always ask your wife, does he take care of you in the important way? Is there a reason he can't taste chocolate anymore? <laughs> yeah, all the subtle tastes are wore out on his wife because that top layer gets worn away. <laughs> You know, when you eat too much pie, you can't taste the delicacies anymore. You know what we haven't talked about this week so far? (laughs) We haven't talked about Harold, or Desmond, or the French Onion. No, we haven't. None are completed, no. Well, we... You made a... What could be construed as progress in the beak area i've been working on the the clay forms for the beak and uh ended up purchasing kydex also off of amazon not at the same time as a as the potato chips by the way that was a different purchase but making uh the clay form for harold's beak and then i'm going to melt the kydex or heat the kydex around it so that Harold's beak can be lightweight and a little more um, <clears throat> a little more durable than paper mache because a lot of what's going in the puppets is hot. You know, you're going to get your hand up in there and you're going to be sweating in the mouth plate. You know, there's there's a foam skull that's then wrapped around wrapped around by faux fur. And then you're going to get your hand up in there. And that is hot, I tell you. I don't know if you've operated a puppet for any length of time, but your hand gets hot. Your hand starts sweating. I mean, and sweat starts breaking foam down. Sweat starts breaking glue down. I mean, anything you attach to it, if it's attached with adhesives, it's going to start breaking it down. So one thing I wanted to avoid, if I could, is putting paper mache in all of the delicate parts, especially the used parts at the mouth. Harold has a beak, and he's got a lower beak, and he's got an upper beak. And I know a lot of people probably wouldn't spend a whole lot of time with the lower beak, but I really want him to have the lower beak and the upper beak to come down on top of it. And I want those to be durable and lightweight, so I ended up purchasing a Kydex. Now, this will be the first time you've worked with Kydex. Yes. Not the first time I worked with thermoplastic, but the first time I worked with the sheets of it. Now, do you... Are you confident that you're going to be able to get enough definition? Um, well, it's simple and big. I mean, it's just a beak. Um, there's there's not a lot to it. It's not going to be doing any ornate filigree engravings on the side of it. No, no. Even though Harold's a witch, I'm not going to put like ruins in it because he probably wouldn't have ruins in his beak. Mm-hmm. It would be really cool. Maybe when we get to reshoot, if we get to reshoot season one, or if we get like big money for season two, 
and Harold could be awesome. But right now, we're going to be happy that he has a peak. And uh, was progress made on the French onion at all? French onion has um has a good uh, um pattern. I, I was patterning out French onion and paper. Paper doesn't set up so well, but so to make the French onion shape, I take the pattern. Well, I take the rough shape that I want him to look like. And then uh, I kind of trace a pattern out of that and cut it into pieces. And I was going to make the French onion out of hard plastic, like the the Kydex. But I still kind of want that puppety foam look to them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to build them out of the, the foam like I got the skulls and the bodies for the, for the bunnies in the bunny rabbit tragedies. And then I'm going to go over it with uh, this material that makes the foam more rigid. And then when the foam's more rigid, I'm going to paint it over so we can get that that uh, onion look. So and it, it's all speculation right now because right now he's just in the planning stages. He should have been finished, but uh, he's not. I suppose the one big lesson from all this is that when you're working full-time, um, any project like this takes far longer than you can possibly imagine. Well, yeah, because <clears throat> I work 40-plus hours a week. Come home, and say I get home at 5-ish, 5 or 5.30, and, you know, you have to hit the sack at 10, 11 o'clock. So you've got four and a half, five and a half hours tops that you can devote to it, but you got to eat. You got to exercise. You got chores and errands. So maybe you can get in a couple hours. So if you think about it, you're devoting 10 to 15 hours a week if you steal every moment away to this stuff. And that's not even two full work days. So that combined with moving stuff out, building other things to allow me to work because working on Herald required getting the stuff from the old room to the new studio, which, yeah, it's 12 feet away. <laughs> but that still takes time because the studio needs to be cleaned out. The studio needs to be moved around. Stuff is shuffled. If you notice, there's more shelves in here. There's more There's more rabbit holders, puppet holders. There's um, the, the sound equipment's over here. You've got the lighting equipment up over here. All this stuff needs to be moved and placed, and it's been, what, I've had 20 hours to do it. I should get help. <laughs> <laughs> and how is the uh, how is the search for talent going? I should get help. <laughs> uh, I've contacted a couple of people, but we haven't met yet because Harold's not done because. The four key rabbits aren't done, and the cat's not done. When they get done, then I have puppets for these people. I have puppets for the additional people. Right now, the way I originally wrote it and intended it, um, I was going to voice Klaus, and I was going to voice Harold. And then uh, a buddy of mine is going to do Desmond. Uh, Melissa's going to do Ella. And we still need to cast uh, Cleo and Bernie, the bunny witch and the cat witch. Do you have a cameraman? Uh, Adam's going to run camera. Adam's going to run camera, okay. And then uh, I need a sound guy, so somebody's probably going to be enlisted to do sound. I would like to remind you that I'm somewhat deaf in my right ear so uh, hopefully you're not intending sound to be engineered by anybody on this side of the table yeah which is tough because uh i know you you have a, a good 
you have good experience with sound levels and everything. You have you have radio experience from college, but you've got the physical impediments. Yeah, yeah that's twenty plus years of working around jet engines and. Yeah, a lot of the people that I know that were in the Air Force and then at the Air Force Base have the same problems. Not entirely certain why it's just in my uh, my right ear. You'd think that, you know, both ears probably would be the recipient of the same punishment. Yeah, we would have to, like, fast forward or rewind back through your life to see how you turned your head at loud sounds. <laughs> do, you, do you move your head down and to the left? Or do you move your head down and to the right? And did you cover an ear when you had the loud sounds or not? You know, <clears throat> important things you should think about, but no one ever told you. I, I actually think it's because my ear canal on my right-hand side is a little bigger than the ear canal on the left-hand side. So when you'd stuff those foam ear protectors in your ear, mm -hmm. if you didn't actually go through the trouble of getting smaller ones for the left side and bigger ones for the right side, you didn't receive the same level of protection. But yeah, that's a guess. You've got to make sure that that fills the hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think being a guy, you'd be good at that naturally. But that's not always something you think about when you're uh, slinging a multimeter or a rivet or whatever the case may be. When you're a 20-odd-year-old airman? Yeah. Beats being a 20-odd-year-old seaman. <laughs> most, it's, life most, is tough for seamen. Yeah, most seamen don't live to be one at <laughs> 20. <laughs> Well, it's, oh, you know, it's, it's a tough environment of being on the ship and, you know, being exposed to weather and seawater. And... So you got away from the chips and the conspiracy theory. You think that the cappuccino person has, a, has an in, and that's interesting. <laughs> but, but the why, one... why does the Illuminati want cappuccino chips to win so desperately? That's interesting, huh? Because cappuccino is, is is obviously the international drink of the Green Party. So have we established a link between the Green Party and the Illuminati? No, no, right now I think that's just hypothesizing. I think that's just a, actually just grasping at straws. Right. I don't think the Illuminati really is uh, supporting the Green Party. Uh, I do think they're supporting the cappuccino chips. All right. And uh, we'd have to get that gentleman's name off of that. Uh, and this package doesn't have it. But uh, I bet you he's like a, like a grand dragon or whatever it is of the Green Party. Green Party of dra grand dragons? Probably. Maybe it's like a grand tree. He's the great sequoia of the Green Party. The grand sequoia. The grand yeah. sequoia. If... if the Green Party had secret levels of uh, office, the way the Ku Klux Klan does. Would you start out as a sapling? A new member would be a sapling, and then you move up into like I don't know a pine or. Most people never make it past the mighty oak stage. A mighty oak, yeah. Like you get this fez that has like. Leaves and branches growing out of it. So, Mighty Oaks, it's a, it's a reputable stage, though. Yeah. I mean, most of the party's made of the Mighty Oak. Um, I guess, I guess, uh, widows of fallen Mighty Oaks would be weeping willows. <laughs> so you have the sequoia. Sequoia is like the upper end, and then, and then you have the great, the great tree, Eagdrazzle. Eagdrazzle is the the fictional or the grand dragon of uh, the Green Party is Yggdrasil, you know, the the tree of life in old Nordic mythology. That one of their gods was nailed to, and yep, yep. Even deities 
can get nailed to the body of Yig Drazzle, yes. So, our lesson learned is uh, beware of the green party. <laughs> those, uh, those fuckers are definitely out to undermine... Uh... It is a secret uh, politi- international political party of the Illuminati folks. And, uh, man, I think it's almost time to go. I think it was time to go uh, five minutes ago, but... Well, then let's let all these people go now and say, uh, we'll see you next week, and we hope you enjoyed... Please, all you one or two people, you have other things to do now. <laughs> go out, enjoy your life, <laughs> and don't come back for at least a week. Thanks. <laughs>